Floyd Merriweather is offering to help Ronda Rousey with her boxing, which means it's officially time for verbal tap. Because the world's too confusing to go on, so we might as well podcast about it. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, how are you doing this evening? Good. It's a troll job, though. What's a troll job? The Rousey thing? Weather, oh, asking. Damn. He's been super helpful uh, in his comments, and it's been hard to tell what's a meme and what's not. Here sure. to groundbreak that, Raph Esparza. Raph, what was your reaction when you saw the kick? Because the kick is when, it, when she goes down. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I went to go actually refill my beverage, if you would. In between and, rounds? Uh, kind of. So I was I was watching, and then I was pouring. So I was pouring, and I missed the initial jab that was setting up the kick. So I looked. I saw it. I go, oh, okay, great. And then I saw the kick, and there was definitely a, whoa, whoa. And yeah. then you realize it's going to be done very quickly. Um, but that kick was brutal. It was devastating. Kev, I ask you this question. Wasn't it a legal kick to the throat? And does that matter? Uh, no and no. <laughs> no and no. That's the same kick everyone throws. It hits people's. Yeah, sorry. I just saw some people saying, <laughs> what a cheater. Uh, or, oh, it would have been different if she didn't illegally kick her in the throat face. Uh, those are Rousey fans. And I get it. It's hard to watch someone you think is invincible be Vincible. That's tough. But in this particular instance, that's the same kick everyone's thrown ever. Like, if that's a throw kick, then we need to review like 57 fights that have ended with pretty violent head kicks. So, I guess what you're Um, alluding to is the fact that emotions were high. People felt their feelings. What were your feelings? Some of them visibly on their face. My feelings were shock. Vicky and I were sitting there watching it, and we were already up because Holly was winning. Mm -hmm. And we should preface, this is the second round if you haven't seen UFC 193. Um, Wow, that's impressive. You haven't seen the meme? (laughs) I'm impressed. Spoiler alert, Ronda Rousey lost. And that kick... You see her in the second round. She kind of hits her with that jab and kind of grabs the back of her head. Mm-hmm. Kind of throws her down a little bit. And it's just, you can see that it's coming. And she unleashes fury right to the side of the head. I mean, the kick lands so harshly across her face. I don't know how you can say it hit anything. It seemed to hit the head, the neck, the back of her head. Like, it was brutal. It and definitely Ronda Rousey fell. It definitely was interesting to see Ronda fall like that. Okay, so if we're talking about the fight as a whole, what were your thoughts on what did Ronda do wrong? And I'm going to go off of that with a couple idea suggestion notes from there. Yeah, I'll start with she did not close the distance well at all. She left her hands hanging against a southpaw opponent. <laughs> that was doing a really good job punching right where her hands are supposed to be. And that, to me, is what she did wrong. She just never once <laughs> adjusted. She was just like, yeah, no, go for it. Hit me, hit me. I'm going to charge in not fast enough for a takedown just to try and bull you into the fence. And that strategy didn't work after the first time, and she kept doing it. She never changed. Okay, okay. Uh, I hear what you're saying. I do. But, Kev, have you ever been in a cage? No. 
you know, I see these memes and I see these things go up now that apparently if you've never been in a cage, you don't get to say anything now. Oh, yeah, that is true. If you mm-hmm. didn't beat Rhonda, you don't get to have an opinion on it. Those are the rules. And, I mean, it's tough for us here because Kevin and I haven't been in a cage, so what the fuck do we know? But our whole podcast is predicated on fighting is much easier from outside of the cage. So now we got all these people telling us we, we can't say those things, Kev. To the, their defense, they do seem to insinuate that we are correct. That the, They say fighting is harder inside the cage. Sure, it is. And, and I totally understand that. Like it's just same thing, just using a different word. I just like the idea that they're making a thing out of Rhonda being, what's the word, uh, untouchable or the fact that we need to give her her due respect because she's a champion. Um, what are your thoughts on all this? Because I'm sure you're seeing, I mean, we've posted a lot. Mostly people have been reading it like gangbusters. So there's an active yeah. interest of people wanting to know exactly what happened, how it happened, was it fixed? That was a, a theory put out there. Uh, how much money did Vegas lose? So what is your, I guess, perception as to what you've seen from all of this? I have zero. Here's my here's my only. I have this rule with conspiracy theories, Raph, in general. You have to have had this same theory for Ronda's last two wins or it doesn't count. If you've been saying since uh, she fought... Beth Correa, you're like, oh, yeah, these fights are fixed. Um, then go for it. Write your blog piece. Do whatever you need to do. If you didn't feel that way, I'm not interested. I will make this also counter. Rhonda has been pretty public in her opinion about people's fallibility. That opinion is now coming back to her because she made some pretty bold statements. Whatever, Kevin, she was having a fight. You don't understand. It's different. You have a fight. You can say whatever you I, want. I just like and that then... she turned she turned into this fragile object overnight. It's like, don't feel bad for her. No, Super competitive guys, athlete that no, knew what she was doing. And you can't say things because, nope. no, you know, every Got paid fighter... so much money to get knocked out. They lose at some point. So Every champion money. falls, and like you just get see. This is what I've been seeing in the landscape, and, and I think this is where I stand on this whole yeah. issue. And this is why I brought it up to you. I see a lot of people who are, uh, you know, sticking up for Ronda and saying, you know, uh, champions fall. This is I can't believe it. There's so much negativity in the world. I'm going to put this very bluntly, guys. You are totally within your rights. To feel however the fuck you want to feel about it. If you so feel that Rhonda, who is somebody who has been superb at getting headlines made about her at every step of the way. And if you don't think that she's able Real to manipulate. Use lube. <laughs> if you don't think that she's able to. I was just giving some of those media, headlines. Mm-hmm, thank you, Kevin. That's an important one. Uh, if you don't think that she's manipulating <laughs> part of those headlines for her own gain. That's a different discussion. We'll just take the initiative and say she is. So if you're buying into that, if you're buying into the fact that, yes, she is giving you guys a show and she is a wonderful fighter. I don't think you can take that away from her. So in the same vein where you're trying to shame people into having a feeling of wanting to watch this match and getting hyped for it and then telling them they can't feel anything because they can't feel something that they're already being told to do or getting excited about a match. 
Who, what the fuck is this for? Yeah, I miss the good old days when you could just have an opinion. You didn't have to have an opinion about the opinion. I just, uh, I didn't. And more specifically, you didn't get chastised for it. A statement <laughs> about it. Now, having said that, the warnings that people are putting up. And I'm sure, in. Sure. If you guys want to go ahead and say whatever you want, you got to know that there's going to be, you know, say what you want, but there's probably going to be some repercussion of it. If you were an avid Ronda Rousey fan and you were talking shit about Holly Holm, uh, yeah, sure. I'm I'm sure you're going through some feelings and it, it sucks. But I just I don't know what it is that it's this weird dichotomy of I hate her so much. Fuck her. Take this. Boom. She's the worst. And maybe that's not the best response ever. But then being told that you can't have any response is like, well, what are we supposed to do here? This is just weird. This is a very weird uh, middle ground to be at. So if I were to say this, Kevin, I'll give you my uh, thought process. I thought I'm interested. Getting, I thought her getting knocked out was a surprise and not as a discredit to Holly Holm. It's just yeah. that didn't even look like Ronda Rousey fighting that night. Like she is someone who Agreed. is so everyone agrees good at setting up and executing arm bars and that armbar attempt that she was doing, and again, credit to Holly for defending it very well, but it was loose even by Ronda standards. So it raises a few questions. Was she given the right camp going into this? Is the pressure of being the face of the UFC too Those much? Those are the right now? questions. Um, another question. By the might, way, that is the right question. You know, has she gone Hollywood? Has that become something where maybe she's not training as much because she's making Fast and the Furious 19? These are valid questions because she's. <laughs> I was actually. Hold on, I, I am curious. How did you? How did you tip off? What was your going in? You sent me a few messages a few weeks before the fight that I made note of post fight. You said one. You were like heard heard the weight cut. It's not going well. And you said that before the day of when everyone started recording it. You said that like three days prior. You said which is when. For people that don't know, when someone like Ronda Rousey, who walks around probably at 165, 170 at her thinnest, uh, cuts down to 135 pounds, it starts about a week in advance. You sent me a message a few days prior that you weren't hearing. Can you elaborate on your sources or anything, or you just heard something? What's your, where's this? Listen, Kev, I get my sources from the same place every time. <laughs> okay? You know where it is? Kev, Google? do you know where it is? Yeah. It's the Google? streets, Kev. I, no, I don't think so. It's the streets. I get <laughs> my news from out the there, streets. Absolutely. Doing your beat journalism. That's right, man. This journalism waits for nobody. to make somebody. Uh, no, I just I heard right. that she was not doing a weight cut well. And, you know, it's not to say that she can't. Obviously, she on The Ultimate Fighter uh, made a point when uh, our good friend Cody Bollinger, who we'll get to later in the podcast, I'm sure he's listening to this one, uh, didn't make weight. She very famously was like, well, I can make weight and uh, I'm going to go ahead and do it just to prove to the guys I can do it. So she did it and she was great at that. So it's not to say that she didn't. She ended up making weight. It was fine. She looked a little different. She, super pro. Yes. Yeah, we're talking she about something else here. We're talking about she doesn't look quite as cut. This weigh-in didn't look the best. 
Now, what was the thing I did say to you? And I think this is maybe where you're going next. What was the thing I said to you as my observation after she did the pose off with Holly Holm? Oh, you huge red flag. You you did not like the uh, you were not impressed by her lack of professionalism. I just thought this. She rushed into Holly Holm and got up in her face. And this is something Rhonda's done before. However, Holly wasn't having any of that shit. So Holly basically was kind of defending herself. And that photo is going to be so iconic now of just Holly getting on the inside, not even really punching, but just on the inside with that overhand right just to make a point. And I think that was where I wanted to tell you, I know you can't change your over under Kevin. Send me a close up of it. Yeah. I know you can't change your picks for over under Kevin, but man, if I were you, whoosh. Yeah, this is this is a close one. I don't know. I, I really started to second guess. Well, this my- gets to the you were to your credit, red flag and Rhonda for about a week and a half prior, which is good. Which we're starting to find out more and more about it. Which you know, to her credit, she hasn't been saying that. We're not making those. We're just trying to you know examine the whole story, and the whole story is Rhonda didn't look like Rhonda. But there is one which more part of that way. In boils to my second question. Go ahead. The post discussion the... to Joe Rogan when she was talking oh, to I Joe Rogan. I didn't even hear that. She. Okay, so they give the microphone to her, and they're like, Rhonda, you know, uh, what do you have to say about this? And Rhonda was so angry that she probably got bested. And some of her fans were saying that, oh, if you look at it, Holly Holm, she was totally looking like a punk because Rhonda came back in strong. No, Rhonda charged her. And that's where I think that happened to the point where Dana White was like a crazy, not like the champion, by the way. No. And Dana White was seeing dollar bills in his eyes and then realized maybe about 14 seconds into it, oh, shit, I should do something. So there's Uh, that. Then Rhonda talks to Joe Rogan, and this is the biggest red flag to me, was when she started looking at Joe Rogan and she was like, you know, I see right through that fake act of yours. You're just a fake. You're a poser. And I'm going to show everybody tomorrow that, like, I'm going to kick your ass and, like – it was the first time I saw a crack in whatever it is Ronda Rousey had done before a that, fight. That confidence. And yeah, it didn't yeah. look right. And I just started really second guessing here. I said, you know what? Holly's in her head. And I don't know if that's a real thing, a legitimate thing. I just posed the question and then I was done. And that's why it wasn't so surprising the next day. That Holly Holm not only was in her head and was able to implement a beautiful strategy as put together by Greg Jackson and that team, but Kev, it was more than just that. When Rhonda was chasing her and basically looking way more amateur than we know the Ronda Rousey can be, that's when you say something. Was yes. Shouldn't look good. And here, uh, let's go the other way, though, which, by the way, we're getting back to not making excuses because here's the one that I have the question for you. A few weeks ago, we were talking about how busy she is. Mm -hmm. You have a little bit of the Hollywood perspective on this. Is it how much is her entertainment career impacting her preparation for this fight? And frankly, if I had beaten my last three opponents in less than 30 seconds without even really having to try my confidence would be at an all-time high too so there's a little bit of that 
do you think do you think the movies are what's going on in that balance what's your opinion kev i'm going to put out the question that nobody's asking okay do you know where i'm going to go on this one is it dom toretto's fault no <laughs> worse have we checked if she lives her life a quarter mile at a time um, uh, yes, no, not that one either. It is the question I am posing to you, our listeners, to the world, to Armbar Nation, to anybody who's listening, is this. How much did being in the Entourage movie hinder Ronda Rousey's performance? First of all, that's a low blow. And I think you know that because I love the show Entourage. Did you see the movie? But you could. No, I, I did not okay. see the movie. Okay. Yet, yet, I I wasn't rushing to theaters mostly because I was only halfway through season five. And I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to quite make the leap. Uh, I agree with you that when you accept to be a romantic interest for Turtle you are diminishing some of your power in Hollywood. I'm just saying, man. That is a fair assessment. When you're in a movie that bombs, not super hard. It was pretty hard. I'm ready but for let's you say to write that 5,000-word article. Thank Can you, you do I that? Will. Can you do 5,000 on this? You know, I did my Ronda Rousey piece on for both first Entourage and... <laughs> That'll be another thesis paper I do <laughs> way down the line. Uh, no, this was something I, I had as written. Long, I wrote as all long as I know it's coming, I can sleep tonight. Absolutely. I, I wrote all my what words on Ronda about? Rousey, and I saved some for this podcast because obviously I care about you guys who listen, but those were the thoughts I had. So between trying to figure out where the blame is, Kev, and looking at, you know, hey, you're not allowed to speak, uh, or, you know, hey, yeah. you're gloating too much, or whatever it is, there was one thing I kept circling back to, and I'm going to ask your opinion on this, which is, was... Edmund at all responsible for part of this loss and coaching staff. Let's put it out to all. Of them. Yeah, but, I would be. But let's go there first yes, because he yes. was her boxing coach or her striking coach. And much had been made in the previous two fights how she wanted to prove she was better at stand up. Anyway, Kev, the question goes to you. Absolutely. And this is always fun, too. I don't think the blame goes on a single person. Winning, as you heard, our eloquent champion, Holly Holm, explain, and we should go into the rule books and show people how to do the after speech. There's a good example. The credit to her team. The humility, so amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Losing also goes that way, and Ronda's team failed her on this one. Yes, absolutely. They have a Ferrari, and they did not run her as such. Where was their first mistake? Stop for gas. It was more like a Prius. (laughs) Uh, well, wow. Conditioning. You can't let your fighter come in. Well, I know I'm doing, I'm using metaphors mm. really well tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't let her come in. She's always part of Rhonda's game is she's athletic and she's vicious and she always needs to be athletic and vicious. And she didn't look like she was at her normal levels. Well, I think she was still trying to play the, thing the vicious that She fights angle. so often. And I had wondered, though, if maybe she was coming in vicious at the expense of strategy. Um, you know, strategy is a strange world, a word in the world of uh, boxing, MMA, and jiu-jitsu because obviously you have a plan until you get punched. 
as per can, every boxer actually, ever. Can I ask you this? Mm-hmm. What was her strategy other than violence? Because that I, I think she just turned that up to a 10 and everything else was a zero. Maybe. Maybe she lost the strategy when she got out there um, because Edmund – and this is what we were kind of discussing earlier, but this is the one that really seemed to catch the world a little bit offhand when Edmund said that he didn't think that Holly Holm was getting the better of Rhonda in the striking department. Now, in what he world, is universe, <laughs> realm... Uh, multi-universe does that make sense because whatever he's on I think you need some because that will make your knee feel way better that is actually first of all that's considerate podcast friendship thank you always thinking about what drugs am I going to be interested in and I have a strong record of you know being interested in that milieu so thank you Raph Uh, Mm -hmm. that's my question like you think he got to sip on some tranquilizers in the hospital? <laughs> like, you want some too? He was like, yes, please. Charge it to my UFC credit card. Okay. Now, do you want me to read the strategy? Because I can tell you what it is. This is quoted from uh, Edmund, Coach Edmund, from ESPN. You have his strategy? Yes, I you do. Have, first of all, awesome. <laughs> Second of all, go. What was okay. it? Uh, I would read it in his voice, but I feel like that's kicking him down. (laughs) It's only because people are going to probably play it online. It's going to be like, Edmund reads his ESPN statements. Like, no, 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 God. Well, (laughs) screw it. Just throw our link on there. It's the curse. The curse of being too good at impressions. I wonder how how quickly I would change it to verbal tap with Edmund. So so (laughs) quickly I would put that tag on there. Uh, It says the game plan was pressing. We knew Holy Home was okay. Got so it. We had to faint and get inside and pressure the right way so we can get on the side of the cage. And we talked about that. And Holly Home did a good job with moving today and stayed calm. Now, here's where it gets interesting. I wouldn't say in the striking game she was getting the best Ronda. You know, I have to go watch it again, which is my favorite expression to say <laughs> because it's literally acknowledging. You know, I just said this thing. And it might not make any sense. I haven't seen it. <laughs> you know, I, I watch it the one time. time but... Watch it again. So I guess it's kind of the equivalent of I shouldn't have said anything because I can yeah. come back and totally negate it later. No, but it anyway. is the greatest caveat. But we know this is not a striking match. We know that Ronda is smart enough to take the fight where she is best. And today she did. Maybe that's awkwardly translated because I don't think Ronda took that fight where she is best. But uh, continuing on, Holly stopped an attempt on an armbar and stopped some of the takedowns. She did a good job. Now, that much is true. She did stop the armbar very well, and she did stop some of the takedowns. And not only that, but this is when you knew something was awry. When Holly Holm got not only on the inside but started to clinch and got like a a takedown and got the takedown, I said, guys – this is a different ball game all the yeah, time. Yeah. So we're actually right on the same page in terms of like that's when it was real to me that this fight was going somewhere else. The first round was scary. Yeah. You know, but you also saw Ronda kind of put her on her heels a few times. So you, you know, when you, and I, I've already beat Edmund because I did rewatch it. It was on the freeze. I haven't seen it. You know, I haven't seen it, but when I do, I'll let you know how I feel. 
is a really funny. <laughs> I just I think it's the dumbest thing to say. It is in any dumb. kind of sports because at this point you might as well just say no comment but because much, you what know, you're saying just, is stupid. Oh, I wanted her to be more. I wanted her to tie her up more. It was just like I I completely don't understand pressing. Was that the only game plan? That's all. I do like that he was just like, it was pressing. It's like, oh, I guess, okay, that is what I saw. That's great, but did Ronda ever really make the attempt to get her over to the cage? Was she supposed to do more than just press? Because that's all she heard. She didn't hear the other part. She didn't hear And maybe that's the rage. I mean, (laughs) Kev, there's there's a thousand different reasons, as any fighter will tell you. Things change. Sometimes you go somewhere else. Raph, here's what I'm excited about. And this is what I said to you because you and I have been talking back and forth about it. Because at one point I was like, Ronda's still alive, right? (laughs) Because everybody's kind of, there's been a lot of tumultuous reaction. Sloth goonies on us. Yes, it was a little scary. There was, yeah, there was just like some moments where everybody was just like, ah, will will she retire? Is she done? It's like, the fuck are you talking about? What? (laughs) (laughs) She lost. Uh, I can't wait for her. Here's what I fully expect to happen, and here's why I've been kind of excited since it happened. Number one, competition's good. Number two, she was too cocky, obviously, from her preparation for this fight. Number three, now we get to see a pissed-off, motivated Ronda Rousey. Yep. This is win. Win for everyone. That's why I didn't even... Dana, Dana's fight was G, his face after that fight like i guess i'll call it his fight to try and look like a human which he lost as badly as ronda did what was going through dana's head if you by chance know raf did you speak to him did he i didn't speak to him kevin um unfortunately Damn it. i did however uh obtain some audio oh perfect that's what i was hoping i mean okay. i know you get close enough sometimes you guys talk sometimes you just record him I mean, I try not to illegally wiretap him. Uh, as try. Part of my, you try not to. I work with the perfect. FBI and investigating units. But, um, yeah, I do have a little bit of audio. That of, would be uh, if you could. This is uh, actually the last 30 seconds of the fight uh, all the way to Dana walking into the cage and seeing Holly home. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. Oh, shit. What the fuck is she doing? Did she literally just fall the fuck down in front of fucking Holly Holm? Does she not know how good her fucking hands are? Rogan, you looking at the shit? Yeah, I know you're commentating. Oh, fuck, 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 my money. Shit, shit. Um, okay, okay, Dana, keep it together. The UFC's still going to exist. We're going to issue an immediate rematch. Oh, shit, she's going to film those fucking movies, isn't she? Oh, shit, I better get this fucking belt and put it on her Oh, yeah, Holly Holm. Yeah, yeah, Preach's daughter. Real nice. Yeah, yeah, fuck you here. Wear this. Oh, Jesus Christ. I just lost so much money in fucking Vegas, too. Oh, Dana. Dana, it's going to be okay. You know what? Get the mirror. At this point, Dana gets a mirror out of his pocket. <laughs> he just starts doing it. He has a mirror for whatever reason. I just needed to pause the audio. He, he has a mirror yeah, that he pulls out whenever he needs it the most. So he pulls out the mirror. Look at you. You magnificent, bald, fucking bastard, you. You will not let one fight end you. They said the same thing with fucking Anderson. They said, hey, don't you fucking speak to me, Holly Holm. You ruined my fucking life. You're a life ruiner. Anyway, look at this. They don't call you the bald father for fucking nothing. So you know what you're going to do? You're going to get back out there. And you're going to just say, fuck you guys. With your eyes, you think it, you don't say it. I fucking love you, Dana White. <laughs>
end scene. Uh, I can't wait for you to uh, eventually get enough audio that you write his one-man play. It's going to be good. It's going to be very good. One day. Uh, This is the reason why I brought up the Edmund thing, too. Because I thought Holly Holm, perfect strategy, executed it. One of those kind of moments where you see someone who's super coachable go to the maximum of their ability. On the other side, this is pretty physically endowed. She's a a big 135-pounder, too. Yes, and it's huge for one. Depending on what photos you're seeing, you can definitely say the word endowed. Anyway, we'll get to that issue, I'm sure, in a later podcast. But uh, there was allegations that she had used steroids. We, there's not enough at all to know any of this. So who knows? Maybe in two weeks we'll see something that said that was completely false, or in three well, months we'll say, "Whoa, she well, totally cheated." Welcome to but, being champ, Holly. Exactly. <laughs> These are the types of that's not anything we could. Everything's even coming. It's all coming. You just have to embrace it. Like her friends need to let it go quick. Absolutely. And just like this, she's the champ now. But I will say this. Um, the difference is when Holly was using and implementing that strategy, the biggest thing I saw as the biggest fault for Edmund and the reason why Rhonda has to rethink things, and mind you, she I'm sure is going to be loyal to him, but just in terms for the benefit of her career, when you see a fighter go to their corner and they are clearly getting outclassed and they are not getting the information that they are needing in that moment, that's dangerous. Not just for their fighting health, but just for what it is they could be capable of because it's entirely possible Ronda on Dream Street could have done something. Who knows? But in that fight, in that moment, she was in no way, shape, or form going to win that fight right then and there. And I just – I felt for her in that way where I said, you know, I don't think that was the fairest thing to her. Yeah, and – I'm just, I guess, like everybody, I'm still sort of in awe of the whole thing. There's a lot. Well, there was a lot to take in, but there was also a lot of good. Holly Holm. That's true. That's true. Holly's great. Watching her win. And, you know, Kev, we didn't predict her winning here, but I did pose the theory of, you know, when Ronda is going to lose, it's going to be that nobody sees it coming. And I feel that was the case here because both you and Russ uh, did not see it coming. No. Yeah. Would you like to know the result, though? Yes. On this particular instance, Kevin, well, first, how do you think he did? I really don't know because there was just a lot of fights that didn't go my way on the main card. And it's always the undercard That's that ends very up true. helping you... you out. And I'm hoping so because that main card did not go great for my predictions. I think I was one in four. What was the one that hurt the most? Uh, prime time. Okay. I went against my man Dion and you you even called me out and was like, oh, this hurts to do. But sure enough, I mean, I did try to help you. And there was one fight where I did give you the opportunity to switch and I actually nudged you to the right way. So you're welcome for that. But Kev, the news is as follows. You had six correct picks. I think he probably had more. Russ had four. No way. Oh, so God. First of all, yeah, won. he and I agreed on a lot of them that didn't go well <laughs> for either of our betting purposes. But, wow. Raph, you know why this is great? Because a very high-level fighter has to admit on camera that I would take him down and heel hook him. And uh, it's going to be painful. That's fair. I mean, I don't know what else to say other than 
Uh, Winning streak? Um, Who'd you beat last time? I didn't. I lost last time to Jesse. That's what I thought. (laughs) It's like, no, I'm pretty sure we're we're on a streak of a different kind. No, you are at a one win. Uh, What would you like to say? In terms of what you saw out there in those other fights, you know, the ones that don't matter, Kev, the other ones that are Ronda Rousey adjacent. Yeah, uh, another commanding decision win for Joanna Jedra's. I, we've not, we've, first of all, that was a good fight. That was a really fun fight. Uh, Valerie Latournier took it to her. Um, she's Joanna broke her hand. Tough. She, she scares me, Raph. She genuinely does. <laughs> she should. Hunt versus Silva was everything I wanted it to be and more. <laughs> it was the perfect amount. They could put that fight on every card and I would watch it just as excited. Yeah. I might have tweeted that out. I don't know. I was so excited. I was like, you two should always fight. Uh, Mark Hunt knocked him out because I really, you and I talked about this. Can they keep insurance bonding Silva into the cage? Oh my God. He, I don't even think he did move in this fight. I think he just stood there and they fought it out. Great stuff. I will say when he got clipped in the back, because it was kind of like a punch to the the weird side of the head where it wasn't the back of the head, but it was, it was enough a lot of to surface like, area. Yeah. Yeah. It was enough to turn off the lights and it wasn't even it didn't even look like it was marked at full power. It was just enough where it looked like someone switched on a light. And I'm not saying it's fixed, but it definitely looked like when he got tagged there. That Silva Bigfoot had that like look in his face that was like, oh, I got to go down now. Good night. Oh, you know what it was? It's like in that movie Three Ninjas, the clown that their grandpa <laughs> has him practice on. He looked like that. He just kind of ding and took down. This is great. I had a lot of a uh, lot of belief in where that that conversation was going to go. But Three Ninjas was not at all. A stop I thought we were going to make on the UFC 193 train. It's a great movie. Pizza robbers, Mm -hmm. a ship full of ninjas. Absolutely. Good stuff. (laughs) Sorry. Now I'm like, God, I got to watch three ninjas. Who else is? Uh, There's like seven people that stopped listening to the podcast (laughs) and are already seeing if it's on Netflix. Uriah Hall loses to Robert Whitaker. And here, let me ask you this, because let's I'm going to skip through all the analysis to this fight because let's just go to it. Okay. What's frustrating about Uriah Hall is one week he looks like the greatest fighter on the planet, and the next week he looks like someone that's easily beatable if you just get in his face a little bit. What does he need to do to be able to take himself out of fourth gear or third gear, I don't know which one you'd call it, and always hit that level? Not pretend to get eye poked? (laughs) What was that about, too, by the way? Yeah, they showed it in slow motion, and Joe Rogan was trying to help him out. Joe Rogan was like... You know, sometimes the edge of the glove will just jump right through your skull, tickle your brain, give you a little ass poke, and jump back into the other guys. You never know. I was like, oh. Well, and then they it sold him out very quickly, and they're like, that is not an eye poke. That is not. Guys. <laughs> they brought someone official in to explain that it wasn't an eye poke, and it was like, yeah, uh, we're we gonna all. We're going to bring in our VP of boring this affairs. <laughs> this isn't the NFL. Yeah. We believe you, first of all. Second of all, we can see it. Like, we you uh, what do you have to say about that last one? Uh, it was an eye poke. Nope, just kidding. It wasn't anybody. Clear case of a non <laughs> non eye poke, non issue. Thanks, thanks for telling us that we're right and uh, fuck this guy. The so anyway, the boring division should be a real job at the I'm UFC. Pretty sure it exists. I, I, 
if Dana really had his way and got to name every department, I'm pretty sure that's what that department would be called. Yeah, and it's the entire press division. Mm. Nailed it. <laughs> Those were the comments of Kevin Phillips alone. Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, other ways Struve down here gets beat by Rosholt. Uh, Rushhawk test. Yeah, that was fine. I didn't really have anything that I thought from that fight that was particularly interesting. You don't want to talk about the tattoo on his chest. That's an eagle with it's like a feather with the American flag on it. First of all, love America. Second of all, uh, no. Okay. I just feel it's a bad pathway to go down. You're right. Uh, let's go down to this fight, though. Jake Matthews defeating Admiral Akbar Areola, but uh, unfortunately, the division for the giggles. Mostly, I was just sad that they had to stop the fight, but you know, whatever, shit happens. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Noak with this front kick to the body looked very, very owish. Mm-hmm. It did, and I also was obsessed over Peter Sabata because it still reminded me of The Wire and mm. talked about that bored everyone around me. So mm. glad I talked about it twice on the podcast. But yeah, other than that, there were just a couple small little things that I saw. Danny Martinez, uh, I think they – was it them that had a pretty good fight? I thought that they put it together a pretty okay thing. I actually thought Jake Matthews and Akbar Areola actually had a good fight that seemed like it was – at least interesting enough to merit. I, I agree. Going on, and then they when they called it, I go well. That well, they wouldn't let Ariola back. <laughs> yeah, I can't say I, they wouldn't let Akbar back out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they wouldn't let Ariola back in. Are you sure? <laughs> they were like, you stay in. Areola. Was it like was it a little too sensitive? It, they. It's not that it was sensitive. They just mm-hmm. felt like the conditions were too harsh mm. for Ariola. <laughs> To pop back out. It's just, I'm sorry. It's funny to me every time. It was even Man. funny, like as they were still reviewing <laughs> it. You could hear Rogan hard mm-hmm. to get it out without, you know, phrasing. Anyway, <laughs> uh, a decent night of fights. That, Great night uh, of fights. I was, I was happy with, and I'll tell you this much: Holly Holm made it worth the price of admission. And yeah. I know it may sound like, you know, call it what you want, call it if you want the Holly Holm bandwagon. I'm just glad that somebody who worked hard like her got credit. And when Rhonda called her out for being fake, I think the weirdest part of that is Rhonda was playing the game where she didn't want to touch gloves. And then you have this person who comes over to check in on her. And I think that was kind of the epitome of class. And like Holly, I mean, who who knows what state Rhonda would have been in, but when she woke back up from consciousness and Therein, you have Holly coming over, giving her a hug, and then having, I think, maybe one of the most delightful uh, post speeches, and then carrying on over to the Fox Sports 1 post show where she's like tear crying, and you have her trying to hold it back. Because when she beat Rhonda, she was doing that thing where she's pulling back her punches and she wants to do more, but then she's like, Ooh, keep it together, keep it together. Ooh, yes. And then she ends with a backflip. Like, what the fuck? That was, she was stoked. You could just see, she's like, I, we, I got to flip this out. Let's get one of let's get a yeah, flip I was telling in. people, I was like, I wouldn't remotely attempt a backflip <laughs> on a mat that's entirely I, super sweaty. I don't know how much money I would pay to watch, though. Like, that move, I, that would be a great outtakes for people to be like, trying the Holly Holmes celebration. Mm-hmm. And we've seen Keenan do it before, who I'm sure turned to his friends and was like, oh, she stole that from me. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. 
<laughs> that was a uh, I would fall flat on my face. I would seriously injure myself. I just told people I wouldn't have made it all the way to winning this title just to injure myself from backflip. Raph, like, I'll go one step further. I would injure my partner. I would injure whoever's trying to assist true. me. Just like uh, accidentally hit them and fall. Like, well, but when Holm was so. back in the Fox Sports 1, you know, she was talking with Frank Mir was on the other side over there. Uh, they had, I know, uh, she was talking with DC and um, uh, Rashad. And when she was saying like, Rashad, thanks for believing in me. And it was just, it was nice. It, and I, I, it was nice to have a pure moment of getting excited for somebody. And she's the first champion in this division in what, three years? So now it's a whole new set of opportunities. What you said for Ronda being competitive also opens up the door for some new questions. Like how will she handle all of the people Ronda has beaten before? Can she beat them? Probably. Uh, I can't wait to find out if she can beat Misha Tate. I mean, Misha Tate also can't wait either. She's been very clear. (laughs) Very, very vocal, (laughs) especially at her viewing party where she's like, that's what you get, bitch. And so, again, going back to the idea of you can't feel a certain way, I mean, try telling that to Misha Tate. I was like, Misha fought her a few times. <laughs> Misha gets preference yeah. on what she wants to do. But that's what I'm saying is you create those visceral reactions. It's, it's, it's the push and pull of it. So, anyway, there's all of that. Um, Props I will, to you. Great meme. That? Great. Yes. That I was, wanna you gave thank- it the ice treatment. Love it. We gave it the ice cube treatment, the Holly Holm, Ronda Rousey moment where uh, the kick happened and we did it, the ice cube treatment, which was short for inserting clips from the movie Friday. And we want to thank all of you guys for retweeting that. Uh, That was organically done and it was wonderful to look out and see how much attention it was getting. And that is all thanks to you guys. So thank you very much for spreading that around. That was really cool to wake up and see like, oh, shit, people like this. That's awesome. People are in. I'm stoked. This was a great night of fights. I got to watch it. I got to enjoy it. Thank you. Oh, so good. When life calms down enough, you can watch your, your favorite sport. Just And that's all you have to do. You just get to it watch nice. it. It was great. It was so awesome. Absolutely. So uh, major props to all of them. Great card. Long card. Fun card. You want to go chat with Marcus Koval? He's up to no good. Nope, but we will. <laughs> I love his accent so much. I also think he's going to be the next president of the UFC. Verbal Tap fans, I swoon over the accent. You swoon over his general averageness. But we're never more excited than when Marcus Koval is on the phone from Systems Training Center. Marcus, you have a board meeting, which sounds official. I'm sure it's at Hooters. How are you doing this evening? I'm great. Thanks for the terrible intro. Uh, No, I'm going surfing. Evening surfing. You're going surfing meeting? That's amazing. You're so much. You live a cool lifestyle. Oh, okay. I was going to say. I'm surfing. No, Raph. Yeah, no, Marcus is from Sweden and all that sort of nonsense, but he even he won't attempt to go in this California cold of what? 60 Marcus nope. go surfing? No, absolutely not. Not and that's why I'm here cuz I don't <laughs> I wanted to get away from the cold. Mm-hmm. Very very yes and of you. Marcus, uh so here's the thing. You told me that you're doing boxing now. I have several yeah. questions to that, but I want you to tell us a little bit about the event that you're doing. All right. 
Um, I can tell you, first of all, it is a board meeting, and uh, it is for the Swedish American Chamber of Commerce. Uh-huh. Uh, we are hosting a yearly event uh, where actually two years ago, Dolph Lundgren won the award last year with Steve Angelo from Swedish House Mafia, and this year's Two Below. I'm not sure if that's official yet, but it probably will be by the time this airs. And um, I figured, uh, I'm not trying to plug or anything, I just thought I'd let you no, know. No, it's fine. Um, if anybody's offended, the Swedish house mafia is going to come after us. We so have worry. some <laughs> Swedish listeners, Marcus, In I'm sure thanks to you, but there are some. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. And they are uh, below, and it's also a Swedish performer. It's going to be performing here December 5th. But, yes, boxing at the Bonaventure Hotel in downtown Los Angeles, professional boxing, um, tickets available at Systems Training Center in Hawthorne and Systems Training Center in Encino. Are you fighting? No, no, I'm only going to watch me pop up. Yes, I'm fighting. Uh, you're also a coach. So, so I'm going to, okay. yes, you also will coach uh, top-level fighters. And I'm sorry, maybe it hadn't completely clicked because uh, Rap just said Marcus is doing boxing. I was like, well, that sounds right. <laughs> but you're getting in. You're getting in the ring. You're doing the whole strapping the gloves up. You're going to have the, the knee-high boots. I might not be thinking of the right sport, but this is amazing. No, that would be that would be boxing or pole dancing, depending on um, uh, where in the world you are. No, it's it's pole boxing, all that. I'm not sure. I have a pair of high boots, but I'm, um, I'm not sure I'm wearing those, actually. We'll see. But, uh, yes. Yeah, sponsorship boxing, opportunities. Me, me and Tarion Flash Ware are fighting on that card, actually. Awesome. So, Marcus, what? tell us how this comes together, because I'm a little nervous for you, and not because I doubt your skill, but because I'm just nervous you're going to try and kick people, because you do that. Take them down, choke them out. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, if things aren't going, you know you're supposed to have a game plan, like... Uh, Run around so didn't seem to have on Saturday, but uh, uh, you should have a game plan B and a plan backup plan to that. So game plan C and a game plan D. Uh, that's game plan C. I think is uh, is the takedown and it doesn't work. Game plan D is round kicks. Game game plan E is actually crown guard and that's boing kicks. No. <laughs> when does jujitsu? Is that? I mean, game plan J feels a little ways away. Well, Jiu-Jitsu just, for three reasons, I haven't actually included a game plan with Jiu-Jitsu. One, I still have to get the takedown in order to start doing Jiu-Jitsu. Two, I don't know if you ever tried doing Jiu-Jitsu with boxing gloves on. It's really, really hard. <laughs> and, and three, uh, I have a feeling that before I'll be able to put a submission on, there's going to be someone intervening with that. Just so, hating on my fantasy. But this is amazing. So you, you grapple. You've done some grappling events. You've done some MMA events. Have you you've done professional boxing before? Nope. What's the weight? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. What are you? What weight are you fighting at? I'm fighting at one forty-one. There's there's a matter to the man. It's still madness, but it's still a matter to it. Which okay, part? Fighting it. boxing. Like, there's a lot to tackle here. Why do you? Why are you fighting? Why are you boxing? Why yeah, are you doing don't that? intro and saying there's a lot of method to this ellipsis, 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 <laughs> and those are. <laughs> So, I, I come from a boxing, kickboxing background, actually. Yes. I, uh, I, I, I used to, uh, I used to, uh, I started off in kickboxing, um, and then I started boxing just because I wanted to improve my hands in kickboxing, and then I fell in love in bo- with boxing, so I started boxing as well as kickboxing, and when I lived down in Mexico, I used to do both. I would box one round, I'd 
kickbox one, uh, sorry, one round, not not a round. I do a fight of boxing, a round of, of kickbox, uh, a fight of kickboxing, and uh, um, I was actually at one point really trying to uh, work it to to try to get into the Swedish national team to go to the Olympics, uh, but uh, about six months out before the tryouts, I had my jaw dislocated three times. But I fought in the Golden Gloves twice. I was runner-up in the Golden Gloves, runner-up in title boxing world championships. So, uh, and I've been part of a great stable for a long time. Uh, I was training a lot with uh, the late Chicanito Hernandez. I, I presume you guys are not huge, vivid, avid boxing fans, but he's uh, a great world champion who lost his one title to De La Hoya and one title to Mayweather. He passed away a few years ago from, from cancer. Great guy. He's, his brother, Rudy Hernandez, who you'll actually see in the UFC. He's one of the cutsmen. Um, was my coach, and in part of that stable was uh, Ruben Junantion, who was a great uh, contender, uh, uh, Carlos uh, from the City Fernandez, the only world champion out of El Salvador. So uh, I've had great, great sparring partners, and part of that stable uh, was, you know, Antonio Margarito and, and, and so on. So I've been around great boxers for a long time. Okay. You stud. This is cool. I'm into this. What's the big, what's the rules differential? You got three minute rounds and there are 97 yep. rounds. No, there's 12 or 15. Yeah. Somewhere in the neighborhood. 15. Wow. That was a very long time ago. It hasn't been more than 12 rounds in, in probably 20 years almost. Ah, um, you mocked my knowledge of boxing. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I, 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 this is one thing. Sorry. Uh, and, and, and and I know it's very fresh in memory, so this is a good example. Ronda Rousey just fought this weekend, right? And she fought Holly Holmes, which was the biggest, the biggest, um, I don't even know what it's called in bets, when the, if that underdog. person wins. Biggest spread. Underdog, yeah, biggest, on discrepancy on, on paper, right? Yeah, she was minus eight. Holly Holmes, and I'll be honest, I didn't think Holly Holmes was going to be that good at stopping Ronda Rousey. I thought Ronda Rousey was going to win the fight. But, uh, so I'm not going to be one of the people who go, I told you so. I did not. I said the opposite. Ronda Rousey going to win that fight just because I thought that Holly couldn't stop her, her takedowns and, and implement her game plan. But Holly Holmes is a three-time world champion boxer. So, and I was, I used to uh, coach Wendell Rodriguez, who was a, a four-time world champion boxer. Actually, a purple belt jiu-jitsu. I think she might be a brown belt or black belt today. Um, and she fought on the only all-women's pay-per-view Card which was all world title fight uh, in New Mexico, uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I think it was 2009, and Holly Holmes was the main event. She did a Superman punch in that fight. Um, so she's obviously trained, and she has been training kickboxing for a very long time. By the way, Superman punches are allowed illegal in boxing, um, but she still did it, and she wasn't penalized for it. Superman punches are illegal because your feet are not allowed to leave the canvas in boxing. No need to tattle on her this long after, but thank you for the rule clarification. <laughs> You're the consummate professional in this, too. This is great. Um, so, is, the thing is Holly fighting on the MMA, card you're fighting on? I was trying to bring it back. No, keep going. Uh, no, I was just going to say, so boxing is such a big part of MMA. So I never understood sure. this, like, after this weekend, all these boxing fans that were like, oh, yeah, boxing won. Holly Holmes is an MMA fighter at this point. And it's vice versa as well, you know, when a boxer comes in and they go, oh, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, beat that. It's, it's, boxing is such a big part of mixed martial arts that you cannot do anything but respect boxing and you have to be a fan of boxing by law. 
Um, so are you going what? back into the cage, Raph? No. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Uh, but <laughs> what bylaws are you reading here, Marcus? Um, I can tell you this much. I mean, the shit that's going on in boxing, and I, I don't think you can even talk all this much, of having what? Today, did you read the fact that uh, a title oh, no. has to be given back? Yes. Okay. So, yes, by law, I think most people are boxing enthusiasts. They like the sport. I think they don't like the politics of it because the politics make it look dumb. Anyway, I digress. Marcus, so I guess all of that aside, what is the impetus or the reason you decide to start getting – or not getting into, but to return to boxing, I guess you could say? Do you want the complete and honest and utter truth? Yes, because I have maybe a set of questions that will depend on what you say here, but go on. Okay, so um, it's not like I'm new to boxing. Uh, I've been doing it for a very long time. I've probably had some 25 amateur fights in, in boxing between Sweden and England and Mexico and the U.S., actually. I've I was about to say, between those different places, <laughs> they only count for a third from each. So <laughs> boxing match in Sweden is like a third of a U.S. fight. <laughs> The Mexico one might count so, for okay. two, though, because it was true. probably I'm, like the back of a farm. It was like, like most Mexicans cash, twice the effort for the same amount of work. So, yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? I have had illegal uh, boxing matches in Mexico. Yes, it was, it was great. <laughs> um, so, um, uh, I, 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 I feel it's in my spine. I've been doing it for a long time. The very, very... Honest truth is I, I had a baby five months ago. I didn't have it. I, I produced it mainly. Um, but uh, I had it. We had it. And uh, a baby takes Who up. Who had the baby? Could you go back time. over? <laughs> and he's very cute, by the way. The picture is cute. Young man. Thank Your you, statuses thank you. are hilarious. It's actually cool, too. It's really, really cool. And, and uh, he doesn't He uh, According to my father, who was just here for the weekend, said this is karma. He doesn't like to sleep at night. So I don't get a lot, of, a lot of sleep. If I ever did, I get even less sleep now. One. Two, I have two other babies. One called Systems Training Center at Hawthorne and Systems Training Center in Encino. At those locations, I have even more babies, which are the people in the kindergarten we call a fight team that need to be constantly helped with, <laughs> have you taken care of this? Have you done that? Do you clean up in the shower after yourself? Hey, you've got a fight coming up in three weeks. Have you taken care of your blood work? All these type of things. So, that's whoa, just whoa, Dimitri. Whoa, whoa, that's whoa, just Gerasmo. Yeah. Like, imagine if you factor in the rest. Marcus, I have to stop you here yeah. mostly because this is joke thievery. This is exactly the joke I told at your roast several weeks ago. So you're welcome for the elongated bit. But go on. What? what wait. What, what was the joke? Uh, the joke was the fact that people were saying, Marcus, you can't be a father. And then I said, can't be a father. Look at all he's done with all the kids here at Systems Training Center. It's practically a daycare oh, center. Yes, that's a good I point. I think the point. joke, if I'm remembering correctly, is, I mean, think about it. You clean up after them. You check in to see yeah. if they're okay. And you give them all the juice that they want. So I guess what we were alluding to was the fact that you give them steroids, which uh, the uneducated audience which has not been proven. Just – but uh, I looked at you, oh. and you were definitely smiling at it, and uh, a couple of your guys were. So, anyway, go on. That's, you, you know what? You reminded mm. me now. It's, uh, it does make sense. You're right. You're right. I, I stole a joke without even realizing I stole a joke. I know. Uh, it's a good one. Was, I mean, I, I just want credit for it. Absolutely. Credit, credit's due. Um, so, that's, 
that's the truth, which means I have very, very little time. And to be honest, uh, when it comes to training camp, uh, when I'm getting ready for an MMA fight, I, I, I don't do anything um, half half hour. So if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, give 110% and prepare myself because I know people pay money to come see it, and I want to put on a performance. In MMA, that means three to five hours of training a day. Usually, that means you're going to work your jiu-jitsu, you're going to work your wrestling, you're going to work your boxing, you're going to work your kickboxing and your conditioning. Um, and to be quite honest, I don't have the time. So, uh, yeah, I've been I've been so eager to fight. I've been wanting to fight um, uh, since my last fight was cancelled. And uh, um, it's hard to sit on several chairs at once, but I still wanted to do it. And then John Taylor Ware was on this card. I was going to try to get on it anyways. And then John Robles, who was supposed to be on the card, dropped out. And then uh, Ed Holmes from All-Star Boxing was there. That's what we were fighting for. And uh, the contract was there. The tickets were there. I'm like, you know what? And this is <laughs> last week, a uh, week and a half ago. Uh, I'm like, you know what? I- I'll take it. That's how we went down. Okay. I guess this was flowing nicely into the jokes that I had for this, Marcus, which was right now, if I'm listening carefully – to exactly what you just said. You're taking this fight because you had a child. Yes. Okay, so if you lose this fight, are you going to blame the kid too? Absolutely. I'll make him eat for the rest of his life. Without question. Didn't even hesitate. You uh, know you know how the, the saying, I could have been a contender? Well, I'm going to tell him that every day for breakfast. <laughs> I could have been a contender. <laughs> and... What does that conversation go as far as training right now? How much training do you have to do for boxing? Is that you're also kind of saying you don't have to just what two hours of hands a day? What's the thing? Yeah, well, something like that. But you know, I'm, 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 I'm and it's funny. I haven't had a boxing fight since 2004, I think 2005 maybe, um, which is a long time ago. 2005, I think, was the last fight. Right, and then I started working again, and I'm like, God. Thing you know, I, I've the the rhythm is different, the timing is different, um, and you know the amount of punches you throw in boxing. My shoulders at first, so I was like, damn, this is this is. I don't remember it being like this. So um, yeah, about two hours a day, and uh, uh, and um, upping the sparring, uh, boxing sparring, obviously, and uh, um, doing it six days a week, and and getting ready for this. Uh, there's also one more part. I'm flying out to Thailand the day after the fight, and I'm supposed to have a fight in Thailand as well, and more Thai fight the week after. Nope, Kev, yeah. I'm, hold on. Let me... Go for it. Marcus, what the yeah. fuck's wrong with you? You just had a child. Like, yeah. I understand. You know, take <laughs> the boxing match. That makes sense. But then... What's the worst that could happen in boxing? What the you know? shit? Then you're going to fly to Thailand, which who knows what the fuck goes over there. Yeah, my, uh, my, my Thai coach is down in some way, and uh, we're going down there the day after Dima, Joe Osmos, who's, you know, the, who's been fighting a lot from Systems Training Center, uh, day after his wedding. So we're going down to some way, and uh, at this point, originally I was supposed to set something up, but now what I said, let's wait to see how this fight goes. Uh, but, you know, as long as everything goes well, uh, I'll stay ready and uh, we'll get something on the fly down. It's pretty easy to get fights. Okay, um, yeah, because that's the other part I was wondering. You go there with no fight and then you just go to Thailand and then 
within hours you have a, a fight booked? Do they have some sort of app that you download that's oh. like a, a Tinder if the equivalent? <laughs> it's actually grinder equivalent for well, high boxing. I mean, I think the grinder was implied when we were talking to you. I didn't want to take the easy joke, but sure. Um, yeah, that that's basically in Thailand. It's very very easy. They fight so often. There's so many people available, and that shows all the time. So it shouldn't be a problem getting a fight down there. This is awesome, and presumably they're not going to go boxing rules. You're going to have to go Muay Thai. Oh yes, absolutely. Which gonna show off my knowledge here does include kicking oh yeah and knees and elbows and tight clenching well no need to get braggy here marcus i was just trying to give the fans a little we don't like to talk down to people so you're gonna be fighting what's how long is a muay thai fight i don't even now we've officially gone past my understanding of the rules usually five rounds and three minutes okay Oh, nice. I actually like that. I've always thought it'd be a cool experiment if we did MMA, six rounds, two minutes. Be badass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's in. Uh, experimental fight night at Systems Training Center coming to Showtime Fight Nights. Definitely. Next and I guess, Marcus, if you're, you know, just looking at it that far, have you taken it the extra step? If you have a layover, are you going to try and get an MMA fight too? In Japan? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that would, that would be so cool. How cool would it be to do a boxing match in Los Angeles, the United States of America, MMA fight in Japan and Thai boxing fight in Thailand all within 48 hours? I do believe that has not been done, ever. Yeah, and there's probably a good reason for that, though, Marcus. I don't know if you're figuring that next part of the conversation out, but if it hasn't been done, there might be a very, very solid explanation. As 10 to why people not. have tried it. 11 have died after the second fight. And we can't even explain that, uh, in the <laughs> numbers. <laughs> so plus you'd want a documentary crew. You'd want like Eddie's camera person, but better to follow you for that one. Oh. Um, I, you know what? I actually, um, the Taiwan would be because Vince Kachiro, the U of MMA, Amateur champion out of systems training center is always going to be down there. Mana Sports, Mana Sports Kids Foundation. He's going to be in Thailand, so he's filming if that's happening. No, wait, never mind. He was supposed to. He's filming leading up to the boxing fight, wow. and then he flies out the day before, um, and then um, uh, he flies out the day before. Unfortunately, he can't be at the boxing fight, but I'm going to have someone there at the boxing fight, so they'll film that. But then he was, I figured he was going to do it in Thailand, but the problem is he's not coming to some morning, so that's not going to happen. This systems training center update brought to you in part by concussions. Concussions. <laughs> they help fighters remember everything. We were going to do it with a headgear one, but yeah. it didn't go through well, so they were like, eh. So different tell episode. me. Tell me this, Marcus. If people are looking to see you have your first of three fights, obviously they get the best pickings out here <laughs> in Los Angeles because it would be the first of a number of fights we don't know the actual amount to. What can they expect? Where they, can they uh, go get tickets? Tickets they can get from Systems Training Center in Hawthorne or Systems Training Center in Encino. Um, and... Uh, um, the event will be held at the Bonaventure Hotel in downtown Los Angeles. Beautiful hotel. Great night of boxing. There's some great fights in there. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Taylor Ray on there as well. I'm actually, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. We were supposed to do an open workout 
at Systems Training Center on Thursday, but being the ignorant sweet I am, uh, I didn't realize that was a huge survey or something, giving up thanks. Um, <laughs> so we might do it next Wednesday, but we're, we're going to figure that part out. We're going to do an open workout. But come on down. I promise you this. It's going to be an exciting fight. It's going to be an exciting fight. I'm not. You know what Floyd Mayweather says it's going to be an exciting fight, and it's never. Uh, not never has it been an exciting fight. It's been an exciting fight when he was fighting at 130. But in the past 10 years, it hasn't been an exciting fight. When you're but on a roll, you, you, it's you going to be an exciting fight. You do promise an exciting fight. You don't have to stop when you hit the roll. Just go with your hyperbole. I thought you were killing it. Uh, it's because most of us don't like Mayweather. You are fighting in the boxing ring, which is exceptional, uh, only because I just I, I have a lot of uh, I know we obviously we like to joke around with Marcus, but that's a lot of respect to to just sort of get into whatever square space has someone wanting to fight you and and adopt the rules. So it's always impressive to see that that glimpse pass around. You're a busy person. Originally, I thought you were going to your own gym's board. Apparently, it's some sort of Swedish festival. Uh, but as you prepare for it, what is your competitive angle trigger? Because you're a competitive dude. Yeah. What's very. your mindset like when you're walking in there? You're not trying to manage points. Are you trying to knock him out? Like, give me your, give me your little gusto. I want to hear the athlete. Okay, that that's good. I like it. I like it. Um, and I I I box. And I boxed, and it's a big part of MMA training, and I'm always training with the team. And um, I love boxing. I always have, always had love for boxing. And it's unfortunate it's been ruined in the last few years. But a great boxing match is even the best of MMA fights, with a few exceptions, are usually stand-up fights. So I, I love striking the striking arts, and uh, boxing is obviously probably the biggest part of. There's two sports that make up MMA more than others, and that's wrestling and boxing. Um, and so obviously I spent a lot of time on unboxing. I love it. I'm very competitive and I believe that I stay in great shape always and I know what pace I can keep and that's why I know I can promise an exciting fight. As long as there's no injuries per se, there's going to be an exciting fight because I will not stop until I get stopped or I will stop. And so that means entertainment. I did a CrossFit competition last week, which is not a good thing to do when you're in training camp for a boxing fight. And uh, it was a tournament style where you did one round and then you did another round and then got to the finals. There was A4 CrossFit Gym in LA who held that. I made it to the finals. I said before the finals, I said, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go into the finals. My legs are already shut. I got a boxing fight coming up. As soon as the bell rang and they said, go for the finals, which was head to head, you're in front of someone. You talk about a competitor. I, 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 it's just something. I just love to compete. Don't know what to say, what else to say. Uh, maybe that we could get you booked on like some board games or something or some kind of uh, competitive speed skating or something else. I was just going to give him props for being in a CrossFit competition and waiting 26, oh, 27 minutes before he mentioned it. That's got to be a record. That's nice. uh, you know what? I like board games. They're a little bit too slow, but I might try that. It's chess boxing. I was about to say, because the last time you were really boxing boxing, you were chess boxing. So is it going to be weird to not, like, in between rounds, go to a table and, like, try and move, you know, bishop to knight four? <laughs> well, for the last one, uh, I did. Well, no, actually, the last, last uh, the chess boxing fight that I did was against a pro boxer. 
147. This fight's at 141, which is causing some actual weight, which is 135, and that probably could make 125. But I boxed as high, I entered the Golden Gloves as high as 151 one year. Um, mm. And I was even honest and said, hey, do you want to drop down? And I was eating an apple wearing clothes. I'm like, no, I'm good. I didn't want to cut weight. And then that year, I made it to the finals. I, at the first fight, I saw my opponent, and they said, that's your opponent. I said, there's no way he's my opponent. It's way too big. After that, I did decide to cut down. It was, they, they were big in the punch tower. Mm. Well, Valuable Marcus, lesson. I, I was going to say that one tried to trail off for. I was like, wait, who was the last? Uh, Marcus, you're a blast. You stopped by despite your busy evening, and now it turns out uh, you might be going on a fight quest that, frankly, I would spend 72 hours watching on a Discovery series. If that was the premise, no problem at all for me. I'm invested. Systems Training Center, anyone out there, if you want to go train with Marcus, head to Systems Training Center. You'll see him swinging by a class or teaching one. Raph and I have trained there. It, the training was, uh, it's just so hot in LA, I vomited after. I'm sure it had nothing to do with the rolls during. It was just the humidity and the heat and the Hispanic diets. Marcus, thank I you for... I thought it was, I thought it was uh, Raph's breath, but sure. That was... That was polite of you to say it was the weather. Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> <Marcus. laughs> well, you know what's so funny, Kev? Before we get him out here, you can tell all the chops that he picked up from his Marcus Caval roast. Yeah. Uh, from all of the comedy, he learned to lift. And not just lift, but I also thought that Marcus might have been returning to boxing because we so thoroughly beat him up uh, in <laughs> the actual roast that I was like, oh, maybe he's going to go back to boxing because we just kicked the shit out of him here. That's very, very true. It was a great roast. By the way, the roast is finally done, and uh, yeah. it's in my Dropbox. I'm not. This here's a big weakness of mine: um, technology. I have to figure out how to get it from Dropbox onto YouTube. <laughs> wow! <laughs> hey, it's not that easy. Once I figure that part out, it will be available, and I will I will include it in a, tweet, a Facebook message so that you guys can see it. Because uh, Raph, you got a lot of uh, compliments for that. Okay. Um, a lot of people that don't know you personally, obviously. <laughs> yeah, no shit. That yeah, was, uh, that was, that's a given. It was definitely like walking in, and uh, as we look around at all the people there, I'm like, I'm going to have to make fun of these people who I don't even know. This is great. And our fighters. That'll all right, good to know. And yes. uh, they definitely uh, scary people, but very nice people. And uh, it was a blast, so I appreciate you throwing the invite. It was a lot of fun. Yep, it was. It was a lot of fun, and thanks for having me on, guys. Go to your uh, Swedish festival. Hey, Raph, in fact, I expect you to be at the fight. I I make no promises. It's the weekend of Thanksgiving, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, Two days after. I'm not going to yeah. eat for Thanksgiving that we celebrate so hardly in Sweden. Uh, um, Swedish, you don't so, even eat at all during Thanksgiving. You probably, like, what, give thanks to the snow? On the day of that, I don't know what the fuck traditions you guys have. It's not the same. Can I just Good say point. my family? Well, I expect to be there. I expect you to be there. Eighth of November at the One Adventure in downtown Los Angeles. Oh, very nice. good plug. Good plug the details. Well done. Verbal tap fans, Marcus Caval. Thanks, guys.
Rath, you think I'm just being cranky about the 30th birthday? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how to get past that. When you're just being cranky about something uh, mentally, how do you... Well, nobody what, knows what's what you're your... talking about. You literally are coming out of commercial... And you're talking about your birthday. I like to bring people into the inside. You know, I don't okay. want to organic it and be like, oh, I got to start the show. No, my okay. bad. Okay, my parents are throwing me a 30th birthday party after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, and no one, that's <laughs> that's not the part I was said about. I was telling Rap, I've been lethargic about just the idea of my birthday, which is on December 10th. Mm-hmm. And I'm turning 30. And I'm just, uh, you know, four weeks away from knee surgery. Just haven't been there mentally. And you believe it's just that I'm. Oh, I think it's part both. But I would venture to say turning 30 and not being able to move or train makes you cranky. So that when your parents say something like, we love you and want to spend time with you, you're like, no, I hate everybody. (laughs) Yeah, maybe there's a little bit of that. Like, you just really need to train jujitsu and stop being a dick. and Your whole life will feel better again. Maybe. And I don't know. We'll see. I mean, you know, you only turn 30 once, Kevin. So I've heard that. Uh, I can't wait to try it. So that's going to we're out to shout outs. Fun chatting with Marcus Koval. Absolutely. What a crazy warrior. Who takes two fights? (laughs) Marcus. And he's might fight a stranger in the airport and they won't even know what's going on. He's like, You look fit. How much do you weigh? They're like, one forty. He's like, close enough. Let's he wouldn't dance. say it like that, Kevin. How would he say it? I uh, hey, you uh, you won't fight uh, so, how much you weigh? Wouldn't that close enough. Let's fight. That's a that's a very generous Marcus Goval impression you're putting there. <laughs> There's definitely a lot more translation happening in his head where he goes, uh Mate, um, the difference between uh, I listen here. I'm trying to do a different take on. Do you have children? He has gotten a little bit more chaotic since the the birth yeah. of his flesh, which is great. So there's not much he can do. I love his fa- his father fo- his father Facebook <laughs> posts are pretty great. Very honest. <laughs> so it's just, he's got a lot of uh, Marcus is very honest. He's not a he's not a guy that hides a lot. No. So that's gonna take us to shout outs, Raph. Mm. What you got? A few. You okay? You want me to go first then? Because I don't have a few. Yeah, it's all on you. Happy birthday to my amazing girlfriend and house partner victoria who's also cooking right now and it smells amazing but she cannot be making more noise which has been good we haven't had a condenser mic but it's been at times and i'm this is raf and i put a lot of stress on our so's our significant others (laughs) i don't know giving the abbreviation and saying it and major thank you to her she's so amazing with the podcast and we now live in a studio, my doing, uh, where there are not a lot of doors, which is why one cannot be behind a door to cook, or uh, I couldn't be hidden to do a podcast. Oh my god! So it's a thousand stop. percent no. my fault. No, keep just making. I through. think I'm explaining this perfectly. I don't I think like, so. I'm just hitting the speech notes. <laughs> How the fuck did you ever do impromptu speaking in speech? I don't remember. Ah, uh, that's true. I was sober. 
Ah, uh, happy birth. This is a you were also very sweet. That photo's amazing. Yeah, the two of you guys. The I put a photo up on her wall. Uh because I like Kevin very much appreciate how much she has to give to the show and giving her time and you know, it, we can with her endurance. Absolutely. We can, me. you know, obviously it's not us who are inconsiderate. We'll just put it like that. Uh, some things happen. Show times change. Everything changes. We do a billion podcasts. So there's we always an amount of podcasts. We do. And, uh, you know, so I, I found a photo of the two of them at my wedding uh, that our photographer took and we put it on their wall. And it's a very nice photo. The two kids, the the young kids, they look like they're in love. And we we put it on there and we go, you kids, you look good. Nice. We're also balls deep in some of the desserts. So that also <laughs> explains our particular. The cupcakes, which, by the way, if I am being revealing to our audience, I had the bite, the first bite that I was supposed to have at a wedding, and I didn't get to have any more of my own goddamn cupcakes at my wedding. Oh, they were amazing. So I hear. <laughs> they are so good. So I hear. Uh, you know, bites at least. And that's also we're enjoying famous cupcakes at your wedding. Yeah, it's been a crazy year. So she is. Yeah. I'm a very lucky man. She's put up with a lot. You are. Who else I got? Um, what was going on jujitsu wise? I had a major shout out for somebody. I'll have to get back to a ref. <laughs> wow, it was I really know. major though, guys. I wrote it down. I'm gonna scroll through it. I could. It's one that can wait till next week if needs be. We're good. Okay. <laughs> Tune in to find out next week. If uh, if Kevin can remember the shout out. If so. Kevin can remember if one actually existed or. Oh, God. Was. I actually do. I actually do. Oh, man. It was. I was even studying it, being like, oh, this is great. I'm really enjoying this. Amici, BJJ Training Journal. People have got to check out what he's doing with the lessons. Uh, I was saying it, you know, obviously I can't train right now, as people know. But BJJ Training Journal is another one of the places I'm keeping my mind sharp so I can physically, not really, but jujitsu murder people when I return. Because I'm going to be so weak. So major. Weaker. Shut up. Major shout out to Amichi Akpom. Major, go look at BJJ Training Journal. We've talked about them before. We've talked about him before. We've talked with him before, and he's amazing. That is my second shout-out, Rob. It's very nice. I knew it was something important in jiu-jitsu and that I was enjoying, and I was like, what is the fucking name of that? Oh, (laughs) BJJ Training Journal. (laughs) Stop and think for a second, Phillips. Good job, Kevin. I'm glad you were able to rebound and come through again at the end. Yeah, I've been ingesting too much THC. Not it's today happened. specifically, but just recently, you know. <sighs> oh, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. Whatever will we do with you? Return All right. Should I, should I do my thing now? Yes. All right. Uh, I didn't want to barrage over... Your eloquent, uh, wait, what's their name again? Who? BJJ Training Journal. Ah, uh, no, it's a major, it's a major shout out, but I can't remember who. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you in part by Weed. Weed, Kevin's go-go juice. All right. Don't leave uh, home without what? Don't leave home without weed, Kevin. 
Let's go ahead and start with Gabe Argus over at uh, Gracie Bar on Northridge. Uh, so Gabe very nicely uh, was inviting me to come train, uh, as were several of them. Edwin Najmi also invited me and uh, our good friend Jeff Schultz. All of them kept saying things like, hey, Raph, come train. So we had AJ uh, Agazarm on last week, and he was like, yeah, I'll be in town. So I was like, uh, you know what? I'll go train with these guys. I think it's fun. And uh, it's not like when you go to train with those people, you have expectations like you're going to do anything remotely right. Correct. So, you know, very nicely, uh, Gabe was telling me, he's like, oh, ref, you know, just doing uh, the fundamentals. So no big deal. And I was like, no, that's uh, very helpful to me. So I don't know. Your fundamentals are very helpful to me. So I got to watch him conduct a class. Very good teacher. I really like the way he he taught. Uh, He happened to teach some things that uh, are very helpful to my game. So I was very excited to get to see that. And then um, Homolo had a class and they invited me to stay for that. I'm sorry, who? Yeah, Homolo. The... He has all these really cool run DMC-esque shirts. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I actually do know who you're talking about. Yeah, that guy. Does he, Gabe does Gabe scowl the entire time, just nothing but a frown during class? No, he's still kind of super smiley. Shit. Okay. It's really tough because We're gonna I, find out where it is, Ref. We're gonna find out where Gabe Argus frowns. I did tell him that the next time I interview him or I do a photo op with him, it will be trying to make him frown. And he just said in his true Gabe Argus way, Oh, I'm gonna have to like to see that. And I said, All right, whatever, Gabe. No one cares. So uh, Homolo's class, amazing, really cool, great, great people. So it's an advanced class, and you feel that very quickly when you're rolling with people. Um, But I'll tell you this much, Kev. Sometimes you get called out by someone uh, who's pretty good at jiu-jitsu, and that happened to be one of the days. So AJ Agazarm, our friend, uh, basically is across the room from me and just yells out and is like, Hey, Raph, you good to go now? And I was like, I'm never good to go with you, but... Yeah, sure. Let's just do it. Roll with him. A lot of fun. Good, good roll. I equate it to one of those roles where much like uh, you're rolling with an instructor, you you are learning as much as you can as you're going along. So I felt like it was really nice because obviously he's not going full uh, Polaris Pro on me. So that's helpful for me. But uh, I think I learned a lot and he had some really nice tips for me, which was uh, very nice and complimentary. So I appreciate him for doing that. I go to roll with uh, another couple people, and then all of a sudden I hear him say, like, hey, Raph, you want to go again? And I go, you know, no. But when a world-class competitor calls you out, you got to go again. So I uh, I got to get two rolls in with him, and that was amazing. I also want to shout out our good friend Jeff Schultz, uh, a big listener of the fan who always is so supportive, so nice. Couldn't stop saying nice things about me and myself, John, all of that good stuff. So our good friend John Evans, of course. So I want to say thank you to him for helping initiate the me go train over there. And Homolo at the end of the night was telling me I can come back anytime. And guess what? I'm probably going to hold him to it. So there's that. Why would you do that? Because uh, I'm afraid not to go train. Good good answer. <laughs> that's, that's probably. At some point I was like, I'm glad he likes me. And uh, <laughs> this is the one thing I'm going to say about Gabe Arges as a coach. Okay, Great instructor. As a coach for me, maybe not the best. Do you know what Gabe Arges' suggestion was to me when 
AJ called me out the second time and clearly wanted to work on wrestling with me. He gave you a really cool half guard pass sweep. Oh, so no, when no, no, he, no. Uh, no, no, he said, and this is verbatim, ref, take him down. And I looked at him and I go, that's what you got for me? That's his like, advice? Just, just take him down, ref. And I was like, oh, Jesus. And he's fucking smiling as he's saying it, too. No, Gabe Argus. No. Yeah. Gabe, people don't just scream to Paul Harris's opponent, tap. Like, there's an interfering force there. AJ Agaza. <sighs> so anyway. Just take him down. Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a funny. That would be a great Gabe shirt for against AJ. I did tell... Uh, AJ and Gabe a little bit later, I said, you know, Gabe, you really suck as a coach. And he's laughing the whole time. I go, yeah, by the time you said take him down, I was already getting taken down. To and I basically physically show how that happened. And there's Hamala laughing at me. And I go, well, at least I'm the funny guy. So I got that going for me. I also realized that I also bust too many people's uh, balls when I go to other gyms because it didn't take long for me to be comfortable as I was giving shit to everybody in the gym and go, uh-oh, I really should shut my mouth now. So problem for me. But uh, I also want to shout out Valley Martial Arts Center, Breakdown Academy. <laughs> Great stuff going on there. Uh, obviously got the chain uh, train out that way uh, a couple times. But getting to train at Valley Martial Arts Center, I actually got uh, 10-2 elbowed in the temple. Good. Wait, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Good. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Very nice of you to check in on my well-being first before laughing. But uh, no, the we have a new kid over there. This poor new kid, he like elbows me as I'm trying to teach him a pass or something. And he's just like, oops, you okay, man? And I go, yes, I'm fine. And Ow. did he get you a smoothie? No, no, though oh, I'm sure the he rules. will later in the future. Come, ice cream. Come on, yell to somebody. Give them a little ice cream. <laughs> I want to start uh, that rule, Raph. I've just been subcommittee of one. Yeah, absolutely. You've also you you you're in a weird place of like want to train and take it out on everybody else, kind of a thing. So I get yeah. it. Uh, anyway, great training out that way. Um, I also want to go ahead and uh, give some nice shout outs to our good friends over at Millennia MMA. Now, uh, that would be the gym of Steven Martinez, and I went to go down there to train. Now, I told him, I was like, dude, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm down to train Gi, no Gi. And he's like, yeah, we're going to go Gi, but, you know, bring your no Gi stuff. And I said, no problem. So lo and behold, when I invite our good friend, Cody Bollinger, who does train out that way, Cody doesn't know that it's a Gi day. So it's not my doing. I didn't say, hey, make it a, a gi day for me. I'm coming out this way to visit you guys. Uh, so he sees a status update from Steven Martinez the night before that just goes, hey, guys, don't for bring, uh, forget to bring your geese tomorrow. And Cody Bollinger sends me a text that goes, you tricked me. You tricked me into coming to a gi session tomorrow. He's blaming you. And I'm like, I didn't. That's because he's an attractive guy. Attractive people, you know. <laughs> It's just always somebody else. So I look at him and I'm like, what the fuck do you think I did that for? I would never do that. I was like, plus I'll roll no gi with you. It's fine. It's whatever, dude. Stop bitching. Uh, I didn't know that he actually put that on his Instagram account, that conversation. He actually took that text conversation that we had and put it up. So he's a great role. Very good wrestler. Um, at one point, I guess maybe, and I blamed AJ for this because AJ was saying nice things about my wrestling. I went to go stand up with him. And uh, you know what I learned, Kev? 
Why? Don't try and out-wrestle the wrestler because I stand up. He gets the quickest double underhooks anybody has ever gotten on me. And I was like, this is a huge mistake. And I, like, yell out, wrestling was a choice. And the whole gym starts laughing. And I somehow managed to get out of it and go into the world's shittiest X-Guard that he very quickly passes. But still, he looked at me and he was like, damn, man, I was really looking forward to wrestling. And I was like, yep, never doing that again with you. So lesson learned. Thank you. Uh, But I really want to thank him for coming out. And they were so nice to me over there. Uh, I can't say enough nice things. Uh, Their front desk guy, Ben, basically looks like Matthew McConaughey and wants to be a stand-up comedian. So if you could put those two things together, Kev, you can imagine that. Could you imagine Matthew McConaughey at your open mic? The thing about airports is... I mean, guys, uh, guys, how many times have you been playing the bongos when, like... A sexy senorita comes up to you and you're like, hey, I ain't got no pants on. That's the type of material you're going to get. No, just kidding. You're going to get much better one from our good friend Ben. Uh, so much props to him. We want to say thank you to him. And obviously Cody and Steve Martinez, really, really good people. I also went to a grapplethon this weekend and oh my God, Kev. Great stuff. I, I went over to train over at Steve Martinez's before, then ventured on over to the Grapplethon, visited our good friend Monte, and it was for a good cause called uh, Stand with Ian. It is a blue belt who is unable to – he is paralyzed. So even though he's unable to move in that way, uh, I think it's a, a back spinal injury, uh, he still trains. So you know, we give props to him and his family, obviously a member of the community, and uh, – you know, it's just good. I would encourage you guys to go look up on the GoFundMe to find out more about his story. Um, but we always try and take care of our own within the community. So if you want to go ahead and give money or find out more about it so that you can, definitely go look up the GoFundMe for uh, Stand With Ian. But uh, out there I got to train with some great people. One dude who in particular, there is a photo of me who would not let me pass his guard. So that guy's a dick. You know who you are, Albers. Dick. It's rude. You know, let's pass the guard occasionally. However, I will say underneath the picture he put um he's like, uh, Raph, you just made a fan out of uh you know, me. You got a new fan for verbal tap. And I was like, is that really as easy as it is? Because I'll talk shit about people not letting me pass until day's end. That's what it takes. One by one, we'll get them. Uh <laughs> so Abner, uh, thank you so much for a great role. And uh, obviously, good, good stuff uh, from everybody there. We want to say thank you to GFT out in Fountain Valley for opening up their doors. It was a great cause. So many good people out there. I had a really good time. I want to thank Andrew in particular for opening up his academy. And I got to train with him a little bit. It was awesome. Just met so many good people. Too many good stories. Um, I hope to run into so many of you guys again. And obviously, if you see me at the next Grappleton, be sure to say hello and get a rolling. But Kev, I have great news for you. What is that good news? The great news for you is this. You know what I've always said about our good friend John Evans? He's boring and not very likable. I don't say that. That's what you say. Oh. What I say about John Evans is this. John Evans is the worst purple belt coach of all time. Reason being... Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> is that uh, you want to elaborate that, or do you want to pull up Marcus? Like, well, I could yeah, go on. Like, uh, no, the reason why John Evans has always been 
in my lifetime, I've known him as a purple belt coach, but he's been the worst in that entire time that I've known him, which is the better part of about three plus years now. Reason being is this. John Evans has never been a purple belt in my eyes or the many people who listen to the show. Anybody's rolled with him, anybody's watched any of his videos, anybody who's had the opportunity to ask him for advice on techniques, um, they've known that John has always been more than just a purple belt or just a coach. And uh, this weekend he was awarded his brown belt, a long, long overdue brown belt. But um, all of us at you know Breakdown Academy, Valley Martial Arts Center, the community – we couldn't be happier for him because he lives such a great passion for this sport and he is far too humble to ever say anything about himself. He still hasn't posted anything and he is that type of person who just I know is happy about it and uh, I know he was he was very pleased to get it. But I don't think enough word can be said about how influential John is to all of us in this community and to me specifically because, let's face it, if I didn't have John instructing me, I wouldn't be able to stand upright in jiu-jitsu. So we just want to say on behalf of the podcast, on behalf of the community, John, if you are listening, and you should be because if you're not, I'm going to yell at you, congratulations, you have deserved this for a very long time. So we can't wait to see. I guess the next step comes up is pretty big too, but uh, – you know, it's all part of a journey and we know that you are on it for the long haul. So thank you very much, John, and congratulations, man. We love you a verbal tap. No, this is uh, – you told me this is one of the happy things. So, so excited. Congrats to John. Yes, he's an, he's just a great teacher. He's a, one of the people that has helped explain to me the half guard and taught me a pass I'll never forget. Yep. John Evans. That's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight. He's still boring and not very tough. Oh, he's still a terrible human being. Okay, good. Okay. Hold on. Wait, wait. Should I do my John impression? Yeah. Hold on. This is me being John. Oh, well, you know, the funny thing about the way that you're handing me this belt, Cobrina, is that there are five different ways you can move your arm.